touch our hearts and our lives, and, and that's what it's all about, amen, amen, it's just an honor to be here with you tonight, let's just bow our heads together, and if you have a need you want to make known to the Lord, amen, just ask God to come by your way tonight, Father, we're humbled, Lord, to be in this moment, to be at this time, we just ask that you would come and you would take control, you would speak to our hearts and our lives, Lord, as we prepare for these meetings and Lord may you just come Lord may you be the most welcome guest among us Lord we don't want to be like the Pharisee who invited you to come to his house and came and he didn't make you welcome he didn't wash your feet you came you always come upon every invitation you you come and you respond to those but Lord help us to respond back I pray Lord, and to wash your feet, to make you the most welcome guest among us. Lord, you see the hands that were lifted here tonight. You know the needs, Father. Lord, we're just asking for an outpouring of your spirit, Lord. You're the dissolver of doubts, Lord. You're the master of the wind. You're the master of every circumstance. We just ask, Father, that you would come and, and just be the master in our lives, Lord, in every place. There be sick among us, may you heal us, Lord. There be bound, may we be delivered and set free, Father. We just commit this weekend and the next weekend coming, Lord, just to you. May we just sit around your table and feast from your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to Joel chapter 2. It's, uh, like I said, very much an honor to be here with you, with my family. I don't know how long it's been. It's been about six or seven years ago. Time time goes by so fast it's hard to keep up with, especially as you get older. And it uh, goes by faster and faster and faster and faster. But Amen. But um, we came through on our way to some other meetings. And we enjoyed ourselves 
so much. We've been coming every year about this time, and uh, I enjoy this time of year up here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just to be around you and God's God's people are some of the are the most wonderful people on the face of the earth. And it's amazing. You can go anywhere. You can go in Japan, China, been all over the world by God's grace. And God's people is the same everywhere you go. It's his family. And it's what a day it's going to be when we get to spend time around the table talking about all the things we've been through and the situations and how God pulled us through so many more times. And we're thankful for that. Amen. Let's just look here at Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. It says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handsmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I'll show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in the Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Also, let's look at Revelation chapter 6 and verse 3. It said, When he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given unto him that sat therein to take peace from the earth, and they that shall kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and behold, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou not hurt the oil and the wine. Amen. We'll let you be seated this evening. Amen. Ain't God good? Amen. Amen. He gives us so many blessings, so many things we don't even deserve, and he's there for us every step of the way. You know, this, uh, this sermon came to me just a few moments before service a couple of Wednesday nights ago, and, and I kind of pushed it away. You know, you'd something, you, you, you study out something for, for a week, and sometimes weeks in advance, and get ready on a Wednesday night to preach, and just a few moments before the service starts, here it comes, and you just start, and I started putting some things together, and I thought, no, I can't do this, so I pushed delete. 
deleted it all, and that was about 6.30, and about 7.10, after the song service started coming here, it came again, so I've learned one thing, you better listen when he talks, because <laughs> you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't, and, 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 and just come to me on the sound of freedom, the sound of freedom, I believe there is freedom in this hour that we live in. I believe there's freedom to the men and women of God who God has come down in such a mighty way in the time of we're living in, amen, in the darkness that is all around, the situations and the binding of spirits that are binding people today. But there is true freedom, amen, to the people of God. And, and you know, uh, you know, we, we, uh, there's something about the presence of God when he comes around. You know, Brother Branham would make statements. He said, wherever Jesus comes, there's noise. It isn't that you make noise to get Jesus to come, but when Jesus comes, there's noise. There's something that takes place. There's something that moves you. If there's something, if there's any kind of life on the inside of you, when you see life there, there's a deep that calleth unto the deep. There has to be a deep to respond. And, and you know, Brother Brandon would use this. He said, one time I was out there preaching, and he said there was a boy from a certain church that I used to belong to come up, and he said, Billy, you know what, he said, I was enjoying your message so much until that woman got back there and began screaming and crying and she got them, all them people started crying. And I said, oh, that, that excited you? He said, why, I couldn't hear what you were saying. And he said, oh, and I said, oh, she was just rejoicing. He said, ah, that just made chills run up and down my back. And he said, brother, Brother Brandon said, brother, if you ever get to heaven, you'll freeze to death. He said, because even the angels in heaven is screaming with wings over their face, over their feet, day and night, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. I said, you're living in the quietest world you'll ever live in. You're living in the quietest world you ever lived in. He said, if you go to hell, there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. If you go to heaven, there'll be glories and hallelujahs and holy unto the Lord day and night. This is the quietest place you've ever will live. And he said he happened to play on the Colgate's baseball team. You know, they, and he said, well, you know, he said, well, that, they don't do that in my church. And I said, but I said, but I, Brother Brown said, but I hope you don't think your church is the pattern. He said, well, he said, well, uh, they don't look like very much like a Christian to me when a minister's speaking to say a thing like that. And I said, you know what? He said, uh, Brother Adam said, that encourages me. He said, and when they say amen, it means so be it. He said, I used to have an old dog, you know, he, he, he would take a, anything but a skunk and I'd get him a tree under the brush pile and anything like that and, and he'd begin to get old Fritz, you know, would get him and I'd say, sick him, boy, sick him, boy, go get him, boy. He'd go get him. He said, that's the devil is the biggest skunk I know of. He said, when I hear people saying, that's right, amen, we got him treed, brother. We better get him right now. Let's go get him now. He says, I said, look, I heard you the other night when Charles Nolan knocked a home run. He said, I didn't live very far from the park, not over five blocks. And he said, I've never heard so much noise in all my life. He said, oh, Billy, you ought to have been there. You know, it was some kind of deal. Three men on base, and he knocked a home run. He said, I'm telling you, you ought to have seen him slide in the home base. He said, he said, I said, you a bunch of unholy rollers down there. He said, I couldn't even sleep because you a bunch of unholy rollers. 
He said, if we're holy rollers and you're unholy rollers, he said, you would be a poor baseball fiend. He said, if you'd hit somebody hit a home run, you'd say, well, ain't, ain't much to it. You know, it's just a ball went over a fence. He said, but if somebody hit a home run, you'd knock hats off, you'd scream, you would shout, you'd slap one another. He said, I said, when the preacher gets in the pulpit, and he hits a home run and gets after the devil and gets the devil going down the track. Sick him, boy. Sick him. Begin to shout glory, glory. Hallelujah. See, heaven is coming down. Hallelujah. Heaven is coming down. Amen. Another place he says, how you feeling? Anybody feeling good? Say amen. Anybody feeling good? Say amen. He said, that's good. That sounded good. He said, I like that. It means so be it. He said, I was preaching one time. There was a boy that belonged to the First Baptist Church when I was a missionary Baptist. And he said, there was some sister really was enjoying herself and got to crying and shouting. He was quite a baseball player, same guy. He said, I couldn't do it. He said, I just couldn't take it. He said, a woman sitting over there shouting got on my nerves. I said, oh, I shouldn't do that. He said, I just couldn't imagine heaven being like that. And Brother Brown said, I sure can. Well, let me just make shivers run up and down my back. He said, if you ever happen to get to heaven, it'll freeze you to death. If you hear that noisy group, uh-huh, this is the quietest place you ever live. I tell you, because if you go to hell, there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But if you go to heaven, there'll be angels that don't stop day or night crying holy, holy, hallelujahs and praise God. This is a quiet place. This is a quiet place. He said, I've always been afraid of anything that's quiet. He said, anything that's quiet is dead. And he said, I ain't much for dead things. He said, anything without emotion is dead. Well, anything without emotion is dead. So if your experience hasn't got a little noise to it or a little emotion to it, you better bury it and get something else that's got some life in it. Hallelujah. Amen, that's one thing I don't want anybody to blame me for being is dead. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a lot of work up. You know, Brother Brandon would say this, and I think this was pretty profound because he used something so simple about, uh, about explaining how somebody can re- realize the presence of God is near and the next person don't even know it's anything's happening. He said, it's possible you can be sitting here. He said, every one of us has got the same senses. See, taste, smell, feel, and hear. He said, you can have such a headache that you couldn't sit still, and I wouldn't have one. How do I know you have a headache? It's something individual with you. And he said, how the Spirit of God can come down into a group of people and can baptize a person in such a way that the power of God carries them till they don't even know where they're at anymore. And the next person sit right next to them and know nothing about it. Listen, I don't ever want to get in that condition when the Spirit of God can fall down in the pew next to me and I not know anything about it. I want to know something is going on that God is in the midst of his people. I don't want to ever be in a service when the power of God is sweeping through the building and I don't realize it. I don't know it. I don't feel it. I don't understand it. I want to know every time he comes. Hallelujah. 
God, make us cognizant of his presence. He comes every service, but sometimes he's biased before he realizes he's came and he's went. There were so many that watched him as he walked down the streets of Jerusalem or the streets of Samaria, and they missed him when he come by, and they didn't recognize him when he came by. I don't want to be in that group. I want to be the one who recognized this is my moment. This is my time. This is my service. This is my time with the King of Kings. This is my moment with him. I, I, have, a, I have an opportunity to be with him. How many others were there when the woman touched the hem of his garment, but they didn't recognize him? They thought, oh, it's just some old fogey, just some old preacher somewhere. Somebody, he's made him out We know who he really is. He's just the son of Joseph and Mary. He's trying to make himself to be. But this woman said, this is my moment. Hallelujah. Listen, this weekend and this service, even tonight, and he's coming up, you ought to take care of his services. This is my moment. This is my time to have a, a, a moment with a conference with God. This is my time to hear directly from him. The doctor was talking to Brother Branham. He says, you know, he said, don't you think them people just get a little excited? And just to be excited, he said, no, sir. He said, well, that's just nervousness or something that causes them to scream and holler and go on. I said, doctor, you mean to tell me that nerves can be excited without something to excite them? Something has to excite them. What is it? He said, so what's there? He said, I said, it's the unseen force of the Holy Ghost moving among us. It excites that born-again spirit. It brings an excitement to that spirit. The power of God moving down and faith begin to stir. The Holy Ghost takes the word and begins to take it to the people to catch it with the power of that regenerated born-again life. Something has to cry out. Something has to cry out. But as we read, Joel seen the day coming. He's in our, in our opening scripture here, let's, let's look back at it. He says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he's given you the former rain. And he calls down the former and the latter rain. But the floors shall be full of wheat. That gives me confidence right there. Amen. The devil may do all he wants to do and he may try to make this one stop and this one quit and that one deny the message and this one walk away but the scripture, the prophecy of Joel said the floor will be full of wheat. Amen. And the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Amen. Wine, the stimulation of revelation. Amen. Amen. And I, I, I love how he goes on down. And he said, it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now we know it happened on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. They were gathering in the upper room. They got in one mind and one accord. They begin to set aside themselves and begin to realize their thoughts of what they thought it was going to be and how they thought it was going to happen and how they would have done it or where they would have had the meeting or where they would have had the building. What will they all what they would have done? They put it all aside and they said, "We want to hear from Jesus." 
He promises, go and tarry in Jerusalem and I'll send you power from on high. We got to put aside what we want, what we think, what we desire, how we would do it, how we would operate, what we, what food we would serve, what we would do. We're going to put it all aside and we're going to get in one mind and one accord. And that is not our mind or not our wants. It is the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God came through as a rushing, mighty wind. I want you to understand it wasn't just something that made your hair fluffle a little bit. This rushing, it was an upward draft. This is what his Bible says. It was an upward draft. It was bearing up their burdens. And this rushing mighty, this mighty means violent. Hallelujah. <laughs> Brother Brandon would say he loves to bring a bulldozer down your tin can alley. Things you think are so important and how you think it ought to be. Next thing you know, all that stuff splattering here and going there. And he's building the Hallelujah Avenue. Amen. He's building your road. He's building you places that's a violent. It's a, the wind is a breath of life. So it's, a, it's bringing you up violently. Hey man, it wasn't just a little. It was some noise going on. It got to be so much noise in that room to where they spilled out into the streets, and people began to say, "Well, is these men drunk? Are they drunk? Is something wrong here? What's going on?" Uh, and, and, and Peter said, "No, we're not drunk. It's only the third hour of the day. It ain't drinking time." Amen, we're not drunk as you suppose or on some natural drink or some Budweiser or wine somewhere. We're not drunk on that. We're drunk on a new wine. Hallelujah. I believe God still got a people who knows how to drink. Amen, knows how to drink. Knows how to drink in the spirit. Knows how to drink in the move of God till God can come and wash it all away. Amen. If you don't care, let's get drunk. Let's go on a good drunk this weekend. Amen. <laughs> but it's possible that some can sit there in the power of God moving and then some others not even know nothing about it. We got that going on in this day. You know, people coming along with this new way of Worship, you know, and how you're supposed to, and their, their ideas of how worship ought to be, and you know, and they don't like you to get too excited, don't like you to get too emotional. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I was, I was thinking about that one day as I was driving. Actually, when we came through here, we came through here for the my father-in-law's uh, funeral there, and we came and I spoke that Sunday night. Spoke on the. Uh, the power of praise. And I was driving home and I was thinking about that. And I got to thinking again about David and how, because, you know, we've, we've been criticized for our music and crit criticized for things. You know, you do anything right, you're going to get criticized. <laughs> but, and so I just kind of was burdening me because me as a song leader, you don't want to do wrong, but, I mean, you want to have freedom. You want to be able to, to worship God. I, I, I don't need no rules and regulations on how to worship God. 
But I was thinking about David, and it just struck me again, you know, about how Brother Branham talked about how he danced at the return of the ark. That probably wasn't a very quiet little service. I don't think I don't think that was very quiet. No, but there was somebody that began to look on him and despise him. You know, you know, it made, and you know, I looked at that and I realized, you know, it wasn't the Philistines mocking him. It wasn't the Amalekites mocking him. It was his own people. But what did God do? God shut up the womb where they wouldn't bring up. Bring she couldn't bring forth fruit. Brother Branham said, and David said, you don't like that. Watch this. And the power of God come in my room, in that car as I'm driving down the road. And he spoke to me and he said, if they didn't like this year, or if they didn't like last year, watch this year. Hallelujah. If they didn't like last service, watch this service. Hallelujah. I'm expecting more of God, more healings, more deliverances, more miracles, more visions. I'm expecting more of the supernatural. But God, he says, God help the day when we come and adopt a theology instead of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God help the day when we take in tithings from the church and boiled up some old tough rooster and sold it for 50 cents on a plate. To get enough money to pay the preacher. God help the day when we substituted the upper room for a supper room. God help the day when we've taken an old fashioned St. Paul revival in the Bible, Holy Ghost preached in his power and simplicity and traded it for a bunch of theology. Long ago, he said, I was thinking, I was, I was up in Canada, I was riding one night. Been back about 40 or 50 miles, thousands of miles from a hard top road. Back there hunting. And I was riding through the moonlight and I came to a big old burnover. There was a great bunch of big old tall stately pines and the moon was shining on them. Looked like a graveyard, a spooky looking place. And he said there came a wind down through there and the wind began to hit them. And they go, I've been there. I, I was actually up on, uh, not, not in this location here, but I was on Mount Lemon with Brother Doug Baker. And they'd had a fire up there, and he took me on top. It's a couple of years after the fire, and there was these snags, you know, sticking out. We sat on the side overlooking the Tucson Valley down there, and the wind began to blow. Man, them trees began to make noises, and it wasn't, I couldn't imagine, I was there in the daylight. I couldn't imagine being in the moonlight. I always said, I'm not afraid of the dark, I'm afraid of the things in the dark. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and he goes, Bleh. it was just the most mournful sound you ever heard in your life. And he said, I looked at that, that a bit, and those trees, he said, but those trees put me in mind of some of the great, big, fine-inspired churches standing, but just as dead as a doornail. He said, the pommel worms eat all the bark off of them. Hey, man, you know what the bark is? The covering of the tree. I believe Brother Donnie said it like this. He said, you sisters need to watch out. The palm worm's getting your bark. <laughs> Some things are just worth repeating, ain't they? Amen. It goes for the men nowadays. Lord, have mercy. Amen. 
How'd I get there? Anyway, fire trials have blazed all the spirit away from. There's nothing left but a great big statue but just as dead as can be. And he said, when the rushing mighty wind comes from heaven, the only thing they can do is groan and carry on and hardly know anything is going on. They'll say days of miracles are past. They'll say only God sent visions to Brother Branham. They'll say only God did things like that 50 years ago. We don't have services like that no more. What the palm worm left, the caterpillar eating. He said, what the Methodist left, the Baptist eating. What the Baptist left, the Presbyterian is eating. Listen, it's, not, it's nothing but the truth. We, we, Brother, Brother Ron's been there. We had our, our family camp over in Scottsville, Texas. You was there at the first one, wasn't you? You were there at every one of them. I don't know if y'all know this, but we love that guy. So if y'all get rid of them, we got a place for them, all right? <laughs> but anyway, actually, I believe it was Buddy Robinson that preached at this camp. But we had our first camp, and it was uh, some of the camper people that worked there, they were uh, Nazarenes, came to the front of the ser- some of the services, and the one man just sat there with tears running down his face. He come and told one of our deacons later, he says, we used to have services just like you have them. We used to have worship like you got it. He said, but we've lost it. And let me tell you, that palmer worm and caterpillar, all that four stages is still at work. And it's eating in the message ranks. Critical spirits are rising up and, and trying to squash the real moving of the Holy Ghost. You know, I, I got to thinking of how Brother Branham, you know, uh, <laughs> this will get you prepared. Brother Branham says, he said, tells a story several times, and I, I love it. This is one of my favorite stories he tells. But one place he said he was doing a teaching on the second coming of the Lord. He said, I was teaching about four hours. Four hours. That goes out some of you 30-minute, 45-minute, uh, you know, COD people. Four hours. And he said, we, had, we thought I'd give the people a break, so I did a little halftime. And next thing you know, somebody started playing the piano, and another one started beating on a washboard. And one place he says, I thought they was going to turn my church into a tavern. And he's there dancing and things, and he just not it. But what, one place he says, and it just struck me so deeply. He said, I was back there and I was looking and I was watching all that take place. He said, but I wouldn't say anything. He said, because I was afraid they might be right and I might be wrong. If a prophet can have that kind of attitude, why can't we have the same attitude? We're We're so quick to just throw out our opinions and what we think. Listen, it's just our opinion. Amen. But he said, that woman, he said, I believe if she'd have had four rows of keys, she'd have played every one of them. That's the kind of piano playing I like. 
And he said that other woman got there to play in that thimble on that washboard and the other one got to dancing. And he said, I was looking there. And he's like, I was wondering about, you know, about this. And he said, I was in the seat of the scornful. And he was kind of looking at it, scorning and it and thinking they're turning his church into a tavern. And he, but he said, I begin to think maybe, you know, us fundamentalists don't know everything. Wow. And he said, you know, I, I, I got to looking at that and I got to pondering it. Well, where is dancing in the Bible? And he said, I got to remember Miriam. Miriam on one side was running for her life. On the other side of the river, on the other side of the Dead Sea, she was dancing and rejoicing and praising God because all of her taskmasters was dead. You reckon that was a sound of freedom? You reckon that was a quiet service? No, there was something coming on the inside. He can't hit me no more. He can't buy me no more. He can't make me make one more straw, one more brick. He can't make me serve him not one more day. Hallelujah. They began to sing a new song. Hallelujah. And Brother Branham said, about that time, my Methodist foot got to tapping a little bit. He said, then I got to thinking about David when he saw the word being restored. Is that not what we have witnessed in this day? The word has been brought back in his full power. Full Holy Ghost, full healings, full deliverances, full freedom. You don't have to stay in your cell tonight. The doors are open. All you gotta do is walk out of there and say, I'm delivered. I'm free. Next thing you know, he said he was up there dancing with her. He said, I ain't never done that before. He said, but I think I did a pretty good job of it. Amen. Hallelujah. But he says, you know, one one left, the other eat. Till he's got nothing but big a big dead tree. We see them nowadays. I, I we was building we're building a new building there at the church, and we went to look. This guy that was actually putting the building up had told us about another one. Had another church he had put up. So we went to look at his work and kind of get some ideas. And so this lady was over the the buildings and things opened the door for us and she said where, where are y'all from we told her we'd, we're just down the road there at the new church and she said oh I watched it come up and wow this is wonderful how many how many people comes on a Sunday and I said well I don't know about 200 250 probably maybe a little more some give or take she said y'all got any young people I said yeah we, we got about 40 or 50 young people and that's certain ages, and then in our Sunday school, there's about another 50 or 60 young kids. And She just looked at me, just stared at me. She said, what kind of program do y'all have? I said, it's the oldest program in the Bible. <laughs> it's called repent and be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's the word of God that's keeping them young people, not some, not some program or some dinner or, or this or that. Or we preach the word of God. But the palmer worms and all these, in, in, these insects have stripped the power away. But there is a promise. 
I will restore. Hallelujah. He said, I happened to. He said, I happened to look that night, that wind was blowing through how stiff and starchy and dead they were, sitting there moaning and groaning, didn't have no life to bend with it, no bark on it, make it flexible, just sitting there moaning and groaning on the count of the wind. I thought, my, but I happened to notice down underneath there was some undergrowth coming up. Some little bushes about like that, they had life in them. And when that wind began to hit them, they began twisting and ringing and shouting and having a glorious time. He said, let me tell you, brother, God's going to raise up a generation of people out of all this dead stuff. That's going to restore, saith the Lord. God's going to raise up people who believe in signs and wonders. God's going to raise up people who's got joy unspeakable and full of glory. God's going to raise up people that I believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when that rushing mighty wind comes, it just gives right into it and frolics and dances and glorifies God. Green leaves clapping their hands and having a wonderful time. What a frolic that little undergrowth was having. But that big old tree standing there moaning and groaning, same wind. Same wind. The same one with the same wind was making one moan and groan was the same wind that the other was giving the other a good time. Maybe you've been a moaner and groaner. Maybe you've been murmuring and complaining, but there is a promise. I will restore. You don't have to stay there. Amen. The same wind. Hallelujah. Let me go on down. He said, I think you know I'm crazy, but I'm happy this way. Amen. Same here tonight. Let me tell you, brother. Yes, indeed. If there ever was a time we needed to get going, it's today. He said, I think about the time when Moses back there was talking. I was talking to him the other night when God said, wait. You, you say, well, wait till I get ready. He said, when God called Moses, he didn't have nothing but his hand a stick. What's in your hand, God said. He said, a stick. He said, take that. How am I going to whip this army? What do you got in your hand? A stick. Take that and go down. Whatever's near you, pick it up and go on. And away when Moses went there, one man invasion to go take over Egypt with a stick in his hand. God told him, take what he had. Listen, it was the greatest sound of freedom in 400 years. It's beginning to sound out, let my people go. Let my people go. And Moses, you'd have looked at Moses and thought, Moses, what? you done lost your mind? He said, you're exactly right. I tried with my own mind to try to, to try to set them free. And all I could do was produce one dead Egyptian. But I met a pillar of fire on the backside of a desert. It was a rushing mighty wind. And listen, if you could see in the other rams above Moses was that same pillar of fire. It was whirling over Moses as he walked towards Egypt. It was a sound of freedom. Let my people go. 
May that sound go forth tonight. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay depressed. You don't have to stay bound with depression or fear. There is a power that says, let my people go. There is a sound of freedom. Hallelujah. There is a word here that has been brought that's not for your defeat or your, de your demise. This word is for your victory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes the sound comes in many different avenues in many different ways. There was uh, Samson one time sitting up there minding his own business and here the devil come with a thousand of his imps come to surround him. But there was a sound of freedom there laying in the, it looking like a jawbone. Let me tell you, that devil is about an, he's an idiot. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just me. I, I'm just, you know, I may not be the smartest cookie, but if I seen a guy pick up a jawbone and about the fifth person he hit and they fell over dead, I'm out. Gone. I'm out. Because <laughs> I realize something's behind that that's greater than that jawbone. That's greater than that man swinging that jawbone. But the devil is a dumb devil. He'll stay around till he's utterly defeated. Hallelujah. Just like he did when they was chasing after the children of Israel after God had decimated him and showed him who was God. He was dumb enough to get on his horse and ride down to the Red Sea. And God said, I've been waiting for this moment. I created the mountains. I created that sea. I placed this before the foundation of the world. I had it in my mind, not for my children's demise or defeat, but for the devil's defeat. I want you to understand the age that we're living in is not for your demise. It's not for your defeat. This atmosphere has been created that all hell will be loosed and all hell will be defeated. Hallelujah. He's brought him down and said, come on, bring your horses. Come out of the river, Euphrates. Thousand times, thousands have been released. All kinds of things, sickness of every kind, tormenting spirits of every kind have been brought here for their burning. Another one, I mean, I'm going to just show you how dumb the devil is. Shamgar. Jumps out of the window with an ox goad, little stick with a little knob on the end of it, and goes to whooping five, six hundred Philistines. Philistine must be Spanish for stupid, because both these stores was Philistines. <laughs> Incredible! It wouldn't took very many. I'm out. The devil ain't quite as smart as you give him credit for. <laughs> yeah. Amen. <laughs> he says, oh, Shamgar, 
had let them tromp, tromp, tromp over him all year long. All the way till about August of 24th, 2019. He'd been tromping and stealing his joy, stealing his happiness, robbing for his family. But today was a different day. <laughs> he said, you don't believe in getting angry? Brother Bram said, you don't believe in getting angry? He said, then let your righteous indignation rise up. He said, begin to feel coming up on him. He said, here I am a Jew. I'm circumcised. I've got a right to this land. It belongs to me. He wasn't a warrior. He couldn't wait till he learned how to fight. He was a farmer. He wasn't a fighter, but he was God's chosen purpose for that time a promise of God was his he was circumcised he was under the same covenant that Abraham was under and he said if every man here tonight would realize the thing that's got you divine health and everything God give it to you every born again man is circumcised by the Holy Ghost you have a right for every redemptive blessing let the devil rob you out of none of it this is my land. This is my inheritance. This is my promise. You get off of my promise. Amen. Holy Spirit came on him. There was a need. Something had to be done. He couldn't wait till he got an education and learned how to fight to be a warrior and trained up. He said, brother, what's close to you tonight? You got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, what's going on? Fight. Get something about you. Fight. Don't just lay over and let the devil push every kind of cram everything down. Fight. He said, well, well, this is a very, you know, this is a very dreadful time we're living in. The perilous times shall come. The last days, perilous times shall come. It's terrible. Terrible for who? I can read you a quote. Brother Brandon said it's a terrible hour for the unbeliever. But he said it's a glorious hour for the believer. Who's it the last days for? We read that scripture in the last days and we get all nervous about This ain't my last days. This is only my beginnings. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. We're just getting the party started. We're about to break forth into eternity. But this is the last days. It's the last days for it's the last days for sin. It's the last days for cancer. It's the last days for high blood pressure. It's the last days for sugar diabetes. It is the last days for the devil and Satan and all of his power. This is his last day. Hallelujah! Hey Amen. You think about David and Shamgar and Phyllis. There was a lot of noise going on. A lot of armor clanking. Quack! That wasn't no quiet service. It wasn't very quiet when a jawbone hit a helmet. Pow! <laughs> he said, well, what are you shouting about? Because I got victory. Yeah. 
you grab my phone in there. I got a quote. This struck me. I want to read it to you. But you know, David, Goliath come out on his last day. He didn't know it was going to be a last day. Pardon me just a second. This is worth reading and waiting on. Goliath didn't realize that was his last moment. He had been there 40 days. Come out. He's, well, I'm going to just go out and I'm going to go out and make my challenge. It was the last day he pushed his breakfast back. It was the last day he put his armor on. It was the last day he got up and he began to walk down that hill. This was his last day. You didn't look that devil in the eye. Say, this is your last day. Amen. This is your last day. Brother Adam said that we had a meeting one time and said there was a crippled boy that came here and was prayed for. Many of you was there to see him. They brought him back in the emergency room. Billy led him to me. They had him on the platform for three or four nights there in the building. He didn't get a prayer card, so they put him in the emergency room. I went there and prayed for him, looked at him. He said, Brother Branham, can you tell me some consolation? I said, yes, sir, son. Polio got you this way. He said, that's right. Your name is such and such. He came from a certain place. That's right. What about my healing? I said, by his stripes, you were healed. Hello, somebody. He just told him what the word said. By your stripes, you were healed. He went home testifying, giving God praise. He brought such a reproach, they claim, in the neighborhood until one Sunday a group of ministers came in and sat down by him and said, you must stop doing that. You're bringing a reproach upon the cause. And the young man sitting there said, Mister, if you were sitting where I am, if you was in the chair I'm sitting in, you wouldn't try to rob me of the last hope I've got in Christ. By his stripes, I'm healed. Hallelujah. Can anybody else say that tonight? By his stripes, I'm healed. And no more sitting like that, sitting there paralyzed, hands, body, and back. No more than he said that. Out of his chair he went. Glorifying God. You talking about a sound of freedom. Glory to God in the highest. If we can begin to speak the word, by his stripes I'm healed. I am delivered. I am set free. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and celebrate your freedom for a moment. By his stripes I'm healed. It's casting away anything contrary to what God said. Hallelujah. I know we get to act a little crazy, but it's just the sounds of freedom. You may have heard this story, but it's worth telling again. There was some man that bought this real estate down in Pensacola, Florida. And he was going to build some houses on it. People laughed at him because 
you know, it was by an Air Force base, and nobody's going to live there, but he went ahead and went with his plan, started building houses, selling them for a lot of money. People moved in there from everywhere, you know, just moving. Next thing you know, these jets wake up, and then their, their glasses on their dinner table would rumble. And couldn't sit out and drink their iced tea on the porch. So he got to st- causing a stir, you know, at the city hall. And it's like, you know, we, we can't even get no rest, these jets. We, we need to, we need to um, you know, do something about this, change their flight path, something. And the city hall come back and said, well, you knew that there was an Air Force base there when you bought the house. But they just caused such a stir to where they got a sign down there now pointed right at that neighborhood. And I wouldn't care if we put one up this weekend. Pointed right at that neighborhood and says, pardon the noise, it's just the sound of freedom. (laughs) Hallelujah. If somebody wants to criticize and make fun and, and act like we're a bunch of holy rollers, pardon the noise. It's just the sound of freedom. Hallelujah. Whoa, right there with some healing. Whoa, right there with some deliverance. Glory to God. Right there with the Holy Ghost to set another captive free. Pardon the noise. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. The Bible we read, my people will never be ashamed. We don't have to be ashamed of our music. We don't have to be ashamed of our singing. We don't have to be ashamed of our worship. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of glory. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes, there's always noise. There's something on something in the inside of a believer that says, that's my Lord. That's my God. That's my King. That's my everything. That's my all in all. You know, they said uh, there was a prophet one time got in such a stew because, you know, I believe it was Ahab or one of the wicked king came up and he said, he said, if Jehoshaphat wasn't here, I wouldn't even speak to you. Got all angry about it. He said, well, what in the world? What's the prophet getting angry for? How, how can that happen? But he's, he couldn't hear for nothing from God, so he said, bring me a minstrel. So they brought him a minstrel. He said, well, Brother Branham, I'm not the prophet. He said, well, if you ain't the prophet, you can be an instrument. <laughs> he said if all you can do is give vent to them ten strings give vent to them just as hard as you can he said if you can't be the prophet be part of the minstrels but do something to bring the spirit of the Lord down I want to be guilty of bringing the spirit of the Lord down 
The prophet can't do it all himself. He had to have a minstrel to help him. Then when you see every, he said when the prophet and the people got in harmony with God, then the prophet began to see things. He said, brother, if you don't see divine healing, if you don't see the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you don't see the mighty move of the Spirit of God moving the last stage here, just get in the Spirit one time and you'll see things will be revealed to you then. You'll begin to notice things are looked a little different. And you won't go along with that criticizing spirit. Oh, man. Now, this, let's cut the tape for a moment. This is all free. But I know how it is in a meeting. A meeting comes, the devil tries to bring every kind of critical thing in. <laughs> hey, I know. I've been there. I fought. I had to fight. had to deal with it. had to... Let's lay it all aside. Lay it all aside. It ain't just our opinions. How something should be done or shouldn't be done. It's just our opinions. Brother, Brother Daniel Williams, he's going on to be the Lord, but he had a wonderful statement. He said, everybody has opinions just like they got noses. It just, we all got them. I got them. I go to a church, yeah, I see things I wouldn't do if it was my church. That don't mean I have to say it. All right, now we can roll the tape again. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd do it with, okay. <laughs> but you know, he says, then a prophet seen a vision after the spirit of God began to move and freedom began to move back in the camp again he saw a vision he said you're not going to see rain hear wind but there's going to be water to come but you've got something to do dig the ditches and I want you to understand you may not be the preacher you may not be the minstrels up here or the piano player this that and the other but we all got a part to play if you want something from God dig the ditch you say, you say, well, that's a hard thing. I, I, I'm, 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 you know, that's a, below my pay scale. You know, ditch digging's rough. That's below what I want to do. That's, that's not who I am. If you want something from God, dig the ditch. That goes for every one of us. What is it? Is it teaching you to how to, hum, to, hum, to become humility and to get yourself down into the dirt? where you came from and start digging out the trenches you want a blessing from God this weekend have your ditches ready that means that there's something there you're digging and you find something you know what that is that's an old TV oh. I have you to know it's not a TV it's monitors and we have Netflix and we do all <clears throat> well let me just tell you something this is for free was dealing with a situation at home with a young lady. She fell out under a demonic power. And she, her, her daddy got involved there right off the bat and began to challenge the devil. You know what the devil did? Began to speak in a voice that was not hers. He says, you're nothing but a fake. All you're going to do is go back to your TV. give the man credit he jumped he jumped back through his hands up in front of everybody there's a hundred people there said it's the truth 
I've allowed Hulu TV or something, I don't know, some kind of, you know, we, we it's kind of like um, they say, you know, we wouldn't go to the movies, but the devil pulled the wool over our eyes, and it just keeps getting, the wool keeps getting changed. Well, I don't have no antenna, I don't have satellite, but we got internet. We bring all this mess into our homes, and we wonder why we're not getting the blessing of God. Dig the ditch. Whatever it is, if it's a critical spirit, dig it out. If it's bitterness, this ain't the time to hold bitterness. If you want something from God, you can't come with a bitterness in your heart towards a brother or anybody. It don't matter if it's your wife, husband, pastor, this, that, and the other. If it's a neighbor down the road, you can't have it in you. You've got to dig it out. If you want that to be filled with the waters of God, you have to... It's a struggle. God said, remember, the more they dug, the more water they got. Hit a snag, throw that snag out. Lots of times you're digging, you hit the neighbor that lives next door, keep digging. Sometimes you hit your pastor along the line, just keep digging. Dig, dig, dig. He said, we will, but one thing for sure, we don't want nothing shallow. I mean, notice what he did with the... My goodness, time's flying when you're having fun. <laughs> you notice what he did with the woman at the well? She walked in there with her water pot. The scripture says she had her water pot. And he comes and said, tells her to give him a drink. And she, she says, and, she, and then he tells her, I can give you a drink that you'll not thirst again. She says, huh, you don't have a water pot. I got a water pot. But as the scripture progresses, and she begins to see this ain't just a man talking to her. This ain't just a prophet talking to her. This is God talking to me. The scripture says, and she ran into, she left her water pot. What she came thinking was so important wasn't so important no more. When you meet Jesus, you'll find out a lot of things ain't so important anymore. Amen. That was for free too. Keep on digging. Get a great big deep ditch. Because what was he doing with that woman at the well? He's taking her from the surface, my water pot, to the depths. The more ditch you dig, the more water you get. The more water you get, the more happiness and joy and things of God you can receive. He said, well, whatever you do, get, dig the ditches and get all the world out of the way. Get all those picture shows and hoedowns and things you're tending to and let all that go and let the waters come in. Give God first place. Get those things straightened out. Then first thing you'll know, you'll, they'll, they, the enemy will look and say, I believe they had a slaughter down there. It looks like blood. And they rose and came in God's set up an ambush against them hallelujah and beat them all the way to the wall and they burnt every city they stopped every well why because they started digging ditches hallelujah we want the victory but do we want to dig the ditch we want the freedom but we got to start digging it out of our lives Hallelujah. Oil, as we read in the, the third seal, 
we bring this down really quick. Oil typifies the Holy Spirit. Wine symbolizes stimulation of revelation. He said, Brother Bram said, when I seen that, I like to run all over the place. <laughs> I stopped up a lot of old stagnated wells right there. Listen, so they took, in that scripture, they took rocks. Brother Branham said that was a rock of testimony. Don't ever be ashamed of your testimony. Because that testimony will shut the devil's mouth up. Because, you know, we've, like I said, we've been criticized about our music and things and whatever. But it was amazing to me that during some music one day, was this little woman dried up to about 90 pounds sitting back there in the back in our mezzanine seating cancer in her all laid up in her lungs wasn't just, just dying she'll be here this next weekend that'll shut the devil's mouth up won't it? and here in all this worldly music you know <laughs> this woman gets under the influence of the Holy Ghost couldn't hardly even stand, weak under the, uh, the, the doctor says the, told, her, she told her later, said I thought the medicine, the, the, the treatments was going to kill you, because she was down to nothing but the power of God fell on her as we began to sing my father standing at the pulpit out of her seat she got and she began to run around the building this weak, 90 pound woman began to run around the building praising God, Sister Atlanta Butts the next day she goes to the doctor and they do another scan and every sign of cancer is gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, I like to run around the building when I heard that. The Holy Ghost stimulates you. It's a stimulation of revelation. You can't get one without getting the other. It's all and the wine. And listen, why would he tell him, don't hurt it? Oil and wine in the Bible associated together always. He said, when the truth of a promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints that's filled with oil, oh yeah, they get all stimulated. Wine is stimulation. He said, glory, I feel it right now. Stimulated with joy and shouts and hallelujahs. He said, when it does, it has the same effect on them that wine has upon a natural man. He said, because when the revelation has been given of the truth of God, the true believer filled with all, the revelation is revealed, the stimulation becomes so great that it makes him behave himself unnormally. <laughs> In other words, you don't no longer make the normal list. <laughs> you know, my brother-in-law, Aaron, you know, Brother Aaron, he's preached here, and my other brother-in-law, Jeff, they had this joke about, you know, they had a normal list. And, you know, they was the only two people that can make the normal list. And now that Aaron's become a preacher, he ain't on the normal list. <laughs> when you get filled with this Holy Ghost, you ain't no more on the normal list. 
you're not a normal person. You don't have a normal service. You don't have a normal day. You don't have a normal moment of your life when that Holy Ghost falls on the inside of you and it begins to stimulate you. You behave yourself unnormally. He said, that's right, maybe that's what's the matter with them now. That's right. It makes them behave themselves unseemly. So you're not normal and you don't seem to be in your right mind. You've lost yourself. You've lost who you thought you was going to be. All the plans that you had made, all the things you had prepared, but all God had something else for you. Hallelujah. Listen, let me tell you, this didn't only mess up your plans, it messed up the devil's plans. The devil had plans for you to be a prostitute or a drunk out on the streets or some drug dealer or something else somewhere or some businessman, but God messed up his plans. Hallelujah. And you're not normal no more. Why? Because there's something on the inside. We need to have a sign up here this next weekend that says we ain't normal. (laughs) And if you are, you're probably not going to feel comfortable. Just the sounds of freedom. I can hear those bombers loading up right now. The devil's going to have a bad day. <laughs> you know, when they, them boys used to, when they went and fought, I remember, you know, in 91 or whatever it was, one of our big wars we had, the Operation Desert Storm, they'd write on them bombs, Hi, Saddam. This one's for you, Saddam. There's some bonds being wrote on right now. Depression, this one's for you. Sugar diabetes, this one's for you. High blood pressure, this one's for you. Cancer, here's your bomb. Anxiety, this one's for you. Torment spirit, this one's for you. There's bombs being loaded up, laser-guided missiles. They ain't nobody knows how to drop them more than the Holy Ghost. When sounds of freedom begin to take place and he does a flyover over the building, something's going to take place. Hell's going to blow open. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to this right here. He says it's a strange thing, but everywhere God is, there seems to be a lot of noise. He said Isaiah was in the temple. He said he heard a noise and the whole temple was shaken. The posts were moving out of their place. Angels and seraphims and cherubims, burners of the sacrifice, giving the repentance of the right of the altar. Those were great beings beyond the angels with their wings over their faces, their feet, flying, shaking the tabernacle, screaming, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He said, wherever Jesus is, there's always a lot of noise. He entered the temple one day and they broke down palms and screamed and shouted. And he said, those great professors of society, priests, make them hold their peace. He said, if they hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. I'm going to tell you, they ain't a rock going to take my place. As long as I'm alive to glorify the King of Kings, I'm going to give him praise. 
you're not taking my place. I've got my own place to worship him, to glorify him. Hallelujah. Second Peter 3 and verse 10, he said, listen to this. Not only is there a lot of noise now, there's going to be a lot of noise when this earth burns. He said, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. So it sounds like to me, God don't really like it quiet. He likes a lot of noise. <laughs> in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up now remember as I told you he invited the, the Egyptian army right down to their death the river Euphrates has been opened up in this day and ever thousands times thousands have been invited into this place thinking thinking they was going to defeat the purpose of God it's a trick. He said, heavens and earth, this is in the future home of the heavenly bridegroom. He said, heavens and earth will pass away with a great noise. Did you notice here? Heavens will pass away with a great noise. The whole earth will be on fire and will ignite the glasses that's in the earth and explode it. The Bible says the heavens and earth shall pass away with a great noise. Such an explosion will rock it, oh my, because it will kill every disease <laughs> oh hallelujah don't you can't you hear it now the screams of cancer the screams of sugar diabetes and the screams of fear and unbelief and the spirits and the haunts of hell as the powers of God begin to be unleashed upon this earth and you talking about popping and power and screaming you ever thought about cancer giving its last scream? Ah! Last days. Hallelujah. He said everything that has been done, the fire will burn it up. Every disease, every thistle, every thorn, everything the devil has ever done to you is going to burn with fire. Remember, it's not a, just a literal fire. It's a holy fire that'll take away Satan and all the devils. Woo, what a time that's gonna be. You think you've been tormented by cancer. You've been tormented by fear. You've been tormented by spirits of unbelief and spirits of doubt. What about the torment they're about to receive? When this holy fire of God is unloosed and it begins to burn out dross, burn out thistles, burn out disease. He says, you think a little noise out here in Tucson was something when he opened up the seals and shook the country and caused the talk. Wait till this earth receives her baptism. Demons will be howling, screaming and running for the life. He said, there's gonna be a lot of noise and hear them scream and shout just wait till this earth gets her baptism. The water will explode. 
change the whole earth, change the whole surface of the earth. She'll burst and blow to pieces. All the outside and the crust, a hundred feet below, will just be simply demolished. The atmosphere and the gases they're finding, these missiles that can't get through it. Great sphere here, way up into there, they'll burst. The holy wrath of God will come upon it and cleanse it of everything. We'll change, you talking about the sound of freedom. When this earth goes back to what she was supposed to be. Back to a garden of Eden again. Back to perfect peace. Back to perfect health. Back to perfect everything. Many of you that want to put down the word. The Greek word pass away it comes. He said, how, he said but how is this word going to pass away and we're going to live on it? He said notice. He said it struck me. I can't even pronounce the word. But he said, the Lord struck me. He said, heavens and earth will pass away. He says, passing from one form to another. It does not mean annihilation. It means passing from one form to another. The same as what you did. You passed from one form, a drunkard, a dubhead, whatever you was, sinner, religious, demon, whatever it was, and the powers of God began to whirl over you and that holy fire burnt within you. There was a lot of noise. And you pass from one form to another. I'm so glad he didn't throw the clay away. He could have, but he just restarted and remolded the same he's going to do with this earth. Passing from one form another the sound of freedom may freedom ring this weekend may freedom ring with everything that is God we can read this story as we close brother Brandon would tell of Arnold von recorded here their country was in hopelessness surrounded on every side seemingly about to go down in defeat. Their families would be killed. Their homes would be lost. Their motherland destroyed. Nothing they could do. It was hopeless. But the sound of freedom sounded. And a man about this tall. And he said, my brethren, this day I give my life for Switzerland. What will you do? He says, down in the valley... My little wife, my children waited for me to come home, but they won't see me again. What are you going to do? He said, every one of you has got weapons. Follow me and do the best you can. Do everything you can with what you got with. And he screamed as he threw up his weapon, make way for liberty. Make way for liberty. And he began to scream as he ran down to the thickest spears. And he grabbed him and pulled him into his chest and said, Make way for liberty. It was such a sound of freedom that it so energized the forces around them. So they drove the army out of their pit, out of their, out of their country. And they never had a war since that day. He said, you think that was something? He said, I remember when, the, when Adam came down. And he said, ah, this day, I give my life for my people. Make way for liberty. 
Make way for liberty. He went to the thickest of spears. He went to the valley of the shadow of death and he grabbed every dart of the devil and he pulled it into his bosom and calls the church to say, come on, go with what you got. Praise God. And he said, on the day of Pentecost, a rushing mighty wind fell out of heaven and armed every man with a weapon. And he said, whatever you got today, break through the enemy's lines. Go as hard as you got with everything that you got. Make way for liberty. Make way for liberty. He said this great warrior Christ has broke his way and he's put the enemy to the run. He's put the enemy to run. It is a scream of jubilee. It is the hour of jubilee. You don't have to serve the devil not one more day. Five more minutes is too long with the devil. Three more seconds is too long with the devil. All you got to do tonight is throw that hoe down and say, I'm not serving you. Not one more minute. I'm going to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Make way for liberty. Hallelujah. As you hear those fighter jets in this day scream across these mountains. I was over in Israel. Got the chance to go over there and see some of the things and the sights. Some wonderful moments. But you hear those jets <laughs> screaming across that. Now in Israel is not a very big country. Don't take very long to get across in the fighter jet. But there was something about Israel. We went to this one little place. It was a little glass museum. And there was this, the guy had done all kind of art out of glass and some, some incredible sculptures. But in this one room was the most ugliest, hideous sculpture you ever seen in your life. And it was representing the Holocaust. And that Jewish woman stood there. She gave us a tour. She, this, said, this right here says, Never forgive, never forget. And that's their cry today. Never forgive, never forget. Why? Because they hadn't, they had, they don't know the Jesus we know. They don't understand why it's all about. What's why it happened the way it happened. But it puts such a resolve to them that says there'll never be another Holocaust. We'll never go to another death chamber. We'll never walk down those streets to that gas chamber and give our lives up freely. We're going to fight. And they have gathered up every kind of technology, whatever they can do, and just daring somebody to do something. They're ready. They're ready for the moment. They said, but whatever, we'll never go back. When those men took those jets here and flew them into the World Trade Center, they couldn't do it again. Ain't going to happen again. No, no, they ain't going to happen again because why? There's going to be somebody on them jets when some guy stands up and says, I'm going to blow up something or I'm going to... There's going to be a whole group of guys jump on them. Guarantee you. We ain't going back to that. And it's time that we realize we're not going back to that. We're not going back to cold, dead formalism. 
We're not going back to days past and miracles of the past and signs and wonders of past. And there's no more prophecies and no more. We're not going back to that. If you want to go, go ahead. I ain't going. But I will never go back because I've been given the greatest weapon that's ever been given to man. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the sounds of freedom. May they ring this coming week. May freedom blow through this place, service after service after service. I wonder if it can blow tonight. I wonder if there'd be one person in here and says, you know what? I'm not going to serve the devil, not one more minute. I'm throwing my hoe down. I'm throwing my fear down. I'm throwing my right, my, my, that, that, that thing that's been bothering me in my past. I'm leaving it behind. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm going through. Jesus, I'm going through. I will never go back. I wonder how many say, I'll never go back. I ain't going back to that old drug head and that old thing of the world and the past. My, I'm not going back. I'm going forward. I'm going with Jesus. I'm going with everything that I've got. I am going through. This is the hour of jubilee. This is the hour of your freedom, your healing, your deliverance, your salvation, whatever you have need of. The jubilee trumpet is sounding. When you hear those fighter jets blow through, puts me in mind of the thoughts of the roar escaping from our mighty line of Judah, the bearer of our freedoms. The heavens shook with his power upon the cross. Jesus cried, the scripture said, with a loud voice. And he yielded up his spirit. Then the veil of the temple was torn and the earthquake and the rocks were split and the graves were opened up. Why? Why did he die for us? Why did the powerful roar of the line of Judah shake the earth upon his death? He roared to break chains. He roared to set captives free. He roared that chains of despair and chains of fear and chains of sickness and sorrow that separated us from a holy God would be broke. He's roaring tonight. Can you hear the roar? Can you hear the sound of freedom? Echoing across the hills of glory. He's here for your deliverance. Let's bow our heads. Every chain is broken. You don't have to stay in that prison. The bars have been tore apart. Your prison door is open. Walk out and claim your God-given rights. Let the sounds of freedom Freedom, deliverance, freedom. This ain't a message of bondage. This is a message of freedom. Yes. This message is not my prison. It's my castle. That's right. It's my defense. It's my protection. I mean to just say, Lord, I want to dig the ditches tonight. See some things I need to dig out. 
I need the waters of God to come, but I, this night I just want to dig the ditches out. Hallelujah. I don't want to just start the meeting out there like that tonight. Dig ditches. Let You say, well, I've been a Christian for a long time, but there's no doubt some more ditches you can dig. There's more God for you. There's more of Him for you tonight. Jesus oh Jesus can we just start this service these services out with this old fashioned ditch digging get the word the shovel of the word out and just go to digging in your life say Lord I got some things I need to deal with some pride some arrogance some bitterness spirits that's haunted me I need more of you, Jesus. If there be anybody serious about some ditch digging, I invite you down here to this place to get on your knees to dig some ditches. Say, Lord, I want to dig some things out of my life. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to be prepared for rain. I want to be prepared for the water of the word. I, I want to be re- re- prepared for your spirit to come in these meetings. I want to dig some ditches, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. It don't matter who you are. An altar is not just a place of repentance. It's an altar is a place of worship to where you can get down and you can talk to God. Say, Lord, I need a conference with you. I need a conference, Lord. Yes, Jesus. I need to talk to you, Jesus, just for a moment. I recognize your presence. I recognize you're here. I want to touch the hem of your garment. I want to wash your feet. I want to make you welcome. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we give these series of meetings to you, Lord. Lord, may the sounds of freedom roll through this place, Lord. As people begin to dig out ditches and things they've allowed in their lives, alts against their brother, sister, neighbor, whatever husband against wife, wife against husband, children whatever it is Lord we want a good cleansing of our hearts that we can receive Lord from you Lord that we can be an instrument to bring the spirit of God down oh God we just ask that you would move Father in our hearts and lives, may you just begin to move through this place with your presence Lord through every heart oh God Lord, even in my life, Lord, I want to dig out the ditches. I want to make you welcome, Lord, to make you the center of my life and the center of everything, Father. Lord, if there be any place that I've hid from you, dig it out. Open up every channel. Open up every part, Father. We give it to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, Father. Bless these people. Bless these meetings. Bless each heart here that's represented at this altar. Lord, they're in their seats, whatever. Dig the ditches. Get ready for the reign of God. The more you dig, the more you're going to receive. The more you empty out, the more that's there. The more that I, re- I surrender, the lighter my load. The more I release myself, the more you can come, Lord, and fill up with your presence and your goodness and your mercy. Bless each family, each father, each mother, each child, each person we pray. In Jesus' name. In the name.
chain, oh break every chain, to break every chain. Oh there is power, oh in the name of Jesus, and there is power in the name of Jesus, and there is power oh, in the name of Jesus to break every chain, oh break every chain. To break every chain And there is power Oh, in the name of Jesus And there is power Oh, in the name of Jesus every chain to break every chain and there's a bride and she's rising up yes there's a bride that keeps rising up Oh, there's a bride and she's rising up. Oh, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. To break every chain Oh, there's a bride And she's rising up Oh, there's a bride And she's rising up There's a bride To break every chain, to break every chain. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no 
fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God You unravel me With a melody You surround me song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God who oh, from my mother's womb who oh, you have chosen me Love has, has called my name. I've been born again into a family. Your blood flows through my veins. I am no longer a slave. child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God Psalms 3 Amen Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Oh, many are they that rise up against me. Oh, many there be which say of my soul. And there is no help from here. God, but Thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory.
his holy hill. I lay me down and slept, but I wake Of ten thousands of demons that have set themselves against me round about. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of demons that have set themselves against me round
Hallelujah. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sound out your freedom. Sound it out. I lift my voice unto the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's a God that's worth praising. That's a God that's worth all the glory and the honor. That's my God. I don't know if you notice this or not, but the last guest minister that we had preached on sounding out your victories. The last guest minister was Brother Joseph Hamid, and he preached on sounding out your victories. And the next minister that we have comes and preaches on the sound of freedom. You remember what the Lord told Brother Joseph? He said what the Lord told him was that if we ever get our sound to match our miracle before it ever takes place, then the miracle will take place. Something's happening. Something's happening. Let your sound match your miracle tonight. The miracle's already done. It's already done. Let your sound match the miracle that you've been asking for. Oh, give him praise in the house of God. I believe that our sound can match the miracle that's happened at Full Gospel Lighthouse. Hallelujah. I believe God has spoken to us. The sound of freedom is in this place. You can go free. We're no longer slaves to anxiety. We're no longer slaves to depression. We're no longer slaves to heart, heart attacks and heart diseases and, and cancers and all of these things. We can go free in Jesus' name. The gate's wide open. Walk out in Jesus' name. Let your sound match the miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
spoke to me. I said, what you hear in the world is the, the drum beats. War's coming. What you hear in the bride, rapture's coming. I don't know if you've got time for it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Because let me tell you what it'll do to you. You won't need these no more. God's transitioning something. He's made those Jews a promise. He's made them a promise. He's just not made you a promise. He's made them a promise. That generation, not a man made a promise. God made me and you a promise. What you hearing, Brother Ron? Sound of freedom. It's a sound of freedom. said you've got to have a trained ear tuned in to hear it blessed are ye for you hear Jesus would turn to those most innermost circles and he'd say blessed is he that is not offended I want to tell you tonight in your ear all week, why don't you just tell him say, regardless of what you've done to me I'm blessed coming to your gearing to come to your meetings. The Lord gave me a vision. And in the vision there was a was just a mingling of people in the darkness. Sun was going down. You remember this. And they were just wandering everywhere in the darkness. I was standing at the most beautiful gate I've ever seen. 
and that gate would come open, it was the most beautiful light. Can't say that I can actually describe it, but it was like beams of light that would shine out of it. Just beams would shine out of it. And it was music that came from that inside of that gate. It was like heavenly angels. And I looked across the other side of the gate and there was another fellow and we were doing everything that we could to get people out of the darkness into the light. And that other man was about my height and he was black-headed. I would preach a sermon from that vision. Your hurt will not destroy the music. All of them darts begin to come against Brother Tim's church, our churches. 90% of you didn't know about it. But let me just say, all of their hurt can't stop this music. All of their hurt can't stop this life. All of their echoes, you can't stop the life of Jesus Christ. Oh, don't you never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of this Jesus. Never be ashamed of the light that shines from this hill. Never be ashamed up here of this light. God bless you. and Brother Matthew felt that we might be able to reward you just a little bit. Sometimes it's just certain things that we might be able to reward you. So all the men that's in this building and boys, we're going to give you a hat tonight. Not just any hat, but a full gospel lighthouse hat. sale hat, you go at it for good. But when we went in, we got the best that they had. Because I like to put good things on my head. You know, I like to wear good things. Because this is the temple of God. And so if I'm going to put it on my head, I want it to be a good hat. You know what? I like to treat people like I like to be treated. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. So as you go, Brother Nathaniel and Brother Alvin is going to hand out the men. Now, this is not for your neighbor, your mother's cousin, sister's brothers. This is for you that's sitting here tonight. Amen. Give the Lord a great big hand. Amen.
Brother Evan, is it a good hat? said it's a good house. I came to my house the other day and they, the beneficiaries right after we just got home with the hats and I said here. And Brother Evan said that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Hallelujah! He's been wearing it since. God bless you Brother Evan. Brother Andrew would you lead us another song and you're dismissed this evening in the name of the Lord. It's only going to get better from here. I, I got really good rocket ship already took off, so write your name on the bump. Go ahead, write your name on the bump. It's on its way. I will praise the Oh! 